welcome back to Chemist Confessions, the podcast. I'm Gloria. I'm Victoria. We're just two skincare chemists here to talk about all things, all things skin science, having a very casual human conversation over, over a cup of tea, a cup of tea with whiskey. Uh, rum. <laughs> it's getting cooler here, so we thought a hot cocktail is what we're gonna do. It does not taste good because we're not bartenders. No. No. no bueno. Um, and, you know, since it's getting colder, what better time than to talk about a very boring but important topic of dry skin. Yep, today's all about moisturizing that dry skin. Uh, but before we get into our brand updates and the news and the meat, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I have a little icebreaker for Victoria. Ooh, 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 ooh. I realized that the two of us never talk about our celebrity skin goals. Oh. And recently, I had a very strange skin inspiration. Okay. So for our listeners, Victoria and I play in the same fantasy football league. Sure it do. is a very hostile environment. <laughs> talk about tragic year. <laughs> But yeah, so because of this, we've been watching a lot of football. Mm. And recently, I've noticed that Drew Brees got a huge retirement glow up. Really? Yes. I haven't seen him lately. Yeah, so I was watching the game last night. He was on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is that Drew Brees? He looks amazing. <laughs> like, the man is glowing. And so Drew Brees is my latest really strange celebrity skin inspiration. Not who I thought you'd say. Also, but I guess it makes sense because, you know, maybe just not getting pummeled by a bunch of 400-pound men. That might really help. Life's yeah. going up. <laughs> yeah, and whatever ESPN regi- uh, regimen, skin regimen they put on him, mm. like, seriously, <laughs> and look at a picture of him now. The man reverse aged like 15 years. I am applaud you for mm. not saying Tom Brady, though, which oh, I feel like is what yeah. everyone says. Yeah. But yeah. my sister did point out uh, Mitchell Trubisky has great skin. <laughs> I'm like, who the hell notices Mitch Trubisky's skin? <laughs> I will say, in terms of hair, really not into Aaron Rodgers' hair lately. <laughs> and just see, it's a mop underneath the helmet. It just doesn't look very good. And when, it turn, uh, when he takes out his hair, it looks like an extra greasy mullet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Hmm. Anyway, that's my latest celebrity skin inspiration. Football goals skin goals. or any skin goals mm. i just know this drew Brees, and i'm like huh i i have to say also like russell wilson never ages yes like he might be on sierra's like skincare mm-hmm. regimen so i feel like that would be a guy who i personally have a lot of pain with in terms of fantasy but also have to applaud him for just never aging may you have a speedy recovery yes. that hope that finger is okay yes anyway so that's the little icebreaker nice, we have nice, nice. so uh time for a little brand update what oh. have we been up to victoria <laughs> tell me what have we been doing oh god all right i think it's about time we kind of talk about what is going on with mr reliable um we've dragged this on for about half a year half a year yeah um and if you've been listening to our podcast we've been talking about it for over half a year but it's gotten to a point now where after we finished the hatchery Ooh. and we got some feedback uh we've had to decide to go with a completely different direction in terms of formula base mm-hmm. however um, that means that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done to like improve the texture, but we think that this formula base is going to take us further and we'll be able to work with better active. So, um, 
what that means for everyone that's been trying to wait for the next gen launch is that it's still gonna be it's a gonna while. be a little bit yeah. yeah ultimately what victoria means well we're taking everyone's round one feedback from the hatchery which yeah. is which has been super helpful yeah. um and just going to make it better the winner is um actually in terms of just raw number of votes it's the second place compared to one of the test formulas and the original formula just very so slightly slightly. thin margins yeah the good thing is um both new formulas beat the original Mr. Reliable Mm -hmm. um but the reality is the um the other formula that had the most number of votes we have pushed that baby to the border like there's not much else we can tweak by that we mean we've we how Victoria and I work is we list out everything we want in this formula our dream formula our dream list and this base is like I'm not really designed to hold that many active ingredients, so I don't want to do that for you. So we've basically there's not a lot we can do if we tweak it, tweak it even a little bit. It's a <sighs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just feel like we like have this whole laundry list, and then we go to each formula based technology, and then we're like, can you load the that's what? And then yeah, our original is like. No, please no. no. <laughs> yeah, so that's why that even though this that is the current favorite formula, it's at it's at uh, what's end. So we can uh, we are just gonna work on improving the other one. Yep, exactly. Uh, we're gonna do a quick like switch on you guys because the actual launch shot is coming up soon. <laughs> it is through double play, double play. And if you're like K. Okay, Uh, (laughs) yeah so double play um is going to be our retinal product Mm -hmm. there will be more details to follow but that is the new that is the actual launch that will be coming up in about a month yeah fingers crossed that one we've been about to get it's about to get, go into production, so everything it seems like it's coming into fruition. Yay. This one we've been working on for a really long time. We actually did a hatchery in 2019 pre-COVID mm. on it, and it did really well. But because of the COVID situation, a couple of our clinical testing had to get pushed back. It was Budget. just, <laughs> it was pretty bad. So, um, but the good thing is it's finally happening. And in that time, we we're able to learn so much more about this mm-hmm. formula. So really excited to share more by the next episode and definitely before November. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, that's all the news we have in terms of brand. Um, Time to share a few good words. All right. So first one. The first one is for Uncactus Deluxe Dry Skin Kit. And that one has an Aquafix and the Better Oil Mm. to help layer. Mm -hmm. And um, Joanne wrote, I finally found a skincare system that works. I started using this Uncactus Dry Skin Kit a few weeks ago. I've gone slowly in starting each new product to keep irritation and sting a bit. Very good. Very, very good. <laughs> Always patch this, even Yay. though our products are designed to be soothing. Everyone's skin is unique. Mm-hmm. Low and slow is how you start every product. <clears throat> I can now see an improvement in my fine lines and the brightening of my skin. The better oil has helped tremendously with dryness of my mature skin, and I'll never go back to other products mm. now that I've found what works for me. Thanks so much for the lovely chemist. Hey! hey thank you. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I need to say any more. That's just the right way to try new products, and just glad that combo has worked. It's actually Gloria's favorite combo. Yes, that's my go-to during winter. Yeah, so awesome. All right, 
Next one is about a product of ours that you probably don't hear too much about. Um, it's our Bon Voyage um, Soothing Occlusives. Um, so the review is titled Glowy Skin Ahead. Um, and so this person says, I put this on top of my rosehip oil a few nights a week. Great, because that should be your last step. And wake up with the most amazing, glowy, hydrated skin. It took a while to realize, but I now attribute good skin days to whenever I use this on top of my usual skincare the night before. Small amount for the price, but a little goes a long way. Ew! Yay! So, Bon Voyage was our pain in the ass. <laughs> so, bon I feel like every story we talk about per formula has been a pain in the ass at yes. some point. So, um, the the balm is a petrolatum-based balm, and we had two goals in mind when we developed this product, which is, one, we kind of, uh, we wanted to add a blend of nice oils and waxes to it so that it takes away that shine heaviness of pure petrolatum. Mm -hmm. People can tell when you use Vaseline. Yes. And then <laughs> functionalize the ingredient with um, a high level of active ingredients. We have... 1% ceramides in this baby, and we also have a very high concentration of Boswellia uh, serrata extract as the soothing ingredient. Mm -hmm. So all that meant that this space is a incredibly expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm glad you know this surprise. No <laughs> one's high. We never said we were business people. <laughs> yeah. No, that was one where we we literally got the price tag of the formula. We we're like, oh, that seems pricey, but it's going to be so worth it. And then we were like, man, but it's gonna be hard to explain to people that one percent ceramide is a very important day. Yeah, yeah, and I I mean when we first started. Um, we realized no one could understand when we kept saying like we were the people crazy enough to put in one percent ceramide. Like, yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Yeah, you just don't realize like how expensive that raw material can be. Like, it's let's just say it makes our contract manufacturer that we work with very nervous. So, all it's in all. so expensive. You can buy a little Ziploc bag. <laughs> Not shady at all. Yeah, not at all. It's just, we're just like... <laughs> yep. Yeah, so. but really glad that it is well appreciated yeah. here. It's also... It's kind of my baby for mm -hmm. a while because I... I, lo I love petrolatum-based products, but A, there's not a lot of it on the market yeah. because it's been... The name's been dragged through mud and B, it's just um, most of the texture out there is garbage and doesn't do much in the long term, so... I would say that, yeah, we are, like, very protective of this formula because if you think about it, it's a pretty tough space, right? Vaseline is so cheap. So how can you justify paying this, like, premium formula? But we know that there's so much more in this category that you can do with it. Um, and we just, as always, our mission was to do better. It just came at a price. <laughs> That's something that, you know, I always thought, it's like, oh, man, Chemist confession somehow goes belly up. I just I need a tub of this because no one's gonna yeah, make this for me anymore. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, but awesome and so glad. I think um, for me at least, it's one that I it's for me I spot treat, um, mm -hmm. uh, especially for winter because I get more like combo skin and I tend to have like my lips, my elbows, and hands like really start chapping. I like to, I get the chap skin. So then, yeah. Anyways. All right, Woo. so good news, um, and it's time for actual news. In the news, so I can't believe I'm saying this, but this year's winding down, and 
now we are starting to see our goals for skincare. <laughs> we're gonna be okay. We're gonna get the new Mr. Reliable done. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> but yes, I'm starting to see news articles about what's to come in skincare trends for 2022. We just did that episode on the I trends in 2021. I know. Yeah, here we are again. Okay, hit me. There's, there's a few things that I wanted to point out. Um, one is waterless beauty. So, uh, yeah, so there's a few a few brands out there now mm-hmm. that has waterless beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, some just sell soap, which mm-hmm. cool water. There's very little water in bar soap. And then some sell moisturizers that's waterless. Um, sometimes they position it as ultra concentrated yep like it's not diluted by water Mm -hmm. some position it as a sustainability story like we are not wasting water here Mm -hmm. how do we feel about water (laughs) well uh, let's just say that we understand the sentiment of if it's not diluted it means it's more potent Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a very key component that people are forgetting is that water is the ultimate solubilizer um, for a lot of actives and you need that in order to actually penetrate to your skin Mm -hmm. so it's not just diluting it's actually a carrier Um, and I think that that's been forgotten people I basic chemistry like you you need it's a very important component to a formula um, so yep. I will say this is not my favorite trend. <laughs> yeah, it's there to dilute, but dilution is not a bad thing. Right. And um, I also want to add that we will go through, we'll touch on it in the meat. Yeah. Uh, a lot of waterless beauty means you get, you will miss out on a yeah. chunk of really helpful ingredients in skincare. And a lot of actives that need water. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, not our favorite trend. Um, what else you got? And the next is been going on for it. I don't. It, this is not a new trend. This has been going on for like a decade. Okay. Victoria and I, back when we were working for a big oh, corporate beauty, seriously? also worked on this. Uh-huh. Yes, personalization. <laughs> Yay. Skincare. So novel. Yes. So uh, <laughs> this uh, now comes with a lot of a lot of gadgety testing kits. There, you'll see a lot more um, genetic tests and also um, microbiome tests. Mm. Comes in a swap, a little whatever, and you send the test back, and they give you your customized skincare. Victoria and I have, uh, I don't really believe in the execution of anything that where you send the test to a lab result. The reality is, kind of cool that you know you can take your DNA test or your microbiome test and get a result back and say, hey. You're acne prone. You're like, no shit, Sherlock. I'm great. You know, like, it'll tell you things that you might already know. We're just not there yet. Let's We're just not say, there. Yeah. And also, like, how do you bridge that info to With skincare? A yeah. You know, like, we've, we've dabbled in those projects, not by our own free choice, but we dabble <laughs> in those projects. And the reality is, you know, like, held hostage. Yeah. You're just. Your DNA is not going to tell a chemist whether or not OG extract belongs in your skincare yeah. or not. You know, squalling is good across most skin types because it's a vanilla oil. You're never going to get a microbiome test that tells you, don't use squalling unless you're allergic to it. You know, like, that's mm-hmm. just... So, for me, the only, like, any sort of test that's helpful is actually just an allergens test. But, yeah, anyway, that's... I have I- a tinfoil hat theory, which we haven't had one in a while. Mm-hmm. 
I actually think the concept of personalization makes formulation worse. Mm-hmm. I think it sets us back because when you try to make these custom formulas, you're very limited on what you can use because mm-hmm. you need a base that's going to allow you to like work with all sorts of things. AF. Exactly. <laughs> and also your actives are very limited because yes. a lot of like really good actives are usually not very easy to work with. They need a lot of help. Customized formulas. Like formulas yes. designed around the active, not the other way around. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I just, at this point in time, I say this doesn't help us oh. progress in terms of formulation and that sort of R&D and technology. Yep. But those yep. companies be getting funded, though. So congratulations, everyone. <laughs> no, no congratulations. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. But yeah, next, speaking of personalization, oh, 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 sorry. Other than that, I found an article on makeup trends, which uh-huh. I find really funny. Okay. Because they say, bold lips and bobs with bangs are back, baby. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Like the dark red or? Yeah, like mm-hmm. bold lip color, like the purple. Glossy, matte. I think just... we're still matte. I think okay. we're still matte okay. so far. But bobs with bangs are back. I once upon a time had a bob with bangs. Oh, why? College. My college friend, Lenny, I'm talking about you, (laughs) told me (laughs) that I look like an Asian mom (laughs) on her second child in the cusp of a divorce. (laughs) That is so specific. (laughs) The second part I'm mad about it. But he was like, he took one look at me. He was like, oh my God, you look like my auntie. And after that, I no longer Never have a mom with <laughs> But yes, apparently that's coming back. Ah, uh, yes. I, time and time again, always think I should do a bangs. Mm. And then time and time again, realize they just get pinned up. <laughs> yeah, so I have I, I have bangs about, what, at this point, 10 episodes ago? Uh, yeah, and then it just starts oh, growing <laughs> Yeah, I have bangs. And, and I just don't have to page. So I... Mm. We saw them for like... Two weeks. Week. <laughs> it was like a zoo sighting. <laughs> like, oh my god, the panda's awake. <laughs> and I actually trimmed it for like for those two weeks, and I realized that why I, I remember again why I don't have bangs anymore is because I can't cut very straight. <laughs> it's either too straight or mm. not very straight, and it just yeah, it's time to be real. Also, straight hair is just very unforgiving. It's yeah, yeah. It is a, you can really tell when things are uneven. And yeah, it's shit. not cute. So mm. I'm gonna figure out something else to do with my hair, but it's not gonna be bangs. <laughs> mm, all right, and uh, what else we got? Yeah. So uh, I going off of the trends article. I also found one. A lot of the personalization mm. um, type of concept. Um, will also tell AI power. Like, they use the power of AI to crack the code to skincare. <laughs> so, <laughs> I found an article that really exemplifies how we feel about it. It's like, AI has revolutionized virtually every industry, not least of all beauty. Recently, a series of ingredient technologies have emerged based on AI-driven research. Go on. For instance, Ashland has launch, launched its first biofunctional uh, extract. Da, 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 da. I'm not going to give away extract yet. It says, this ingredient is designed to offer well-aging benefits that help transform the skin's appearance from dull to glowing. 
It is said to reduce skin cell senescence and help mitigate air pollution induced skin damage. Okay. It was clinically proven to encourage skin regeneration, firmness, and anti wrinkle effects. It is sandalwood. <laughs> it it takes AI to tell you sandalwood is like good for the skin. Wait, can we just be AI? I'm pretty sure we could do that. I could told you that three sentences. Sea berry. A sea buck Yep. Anyway, that I thought it was kind of yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. I saw I fell for the clickbait, went to it, and after reading all that, I'm like, sandalwood. <laughs> I have to say, yeah. You definitely see that kind of lingo, especially with new brands. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, like compiling what we learned through AI and science. And I like, sell you vitamin C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I will say, I, I guess, how do we feel about using AI in skincare, Gloria? I think it's an interesting concept. It's kind of like those at-home genetic tests nice idea but i don't quite think the execution is there and also i think it's going it's kind of going after a quick win of something mm-hmm. like time and time again you're here as complaining about how the data on a lot of ingredients aren't super robust it's hard to compare ingredients head to head you, you can't apply ai to data that doesn't exist so right. put money towards actual ingredient research thank you <laughs> yeah and i also think that it's really just like a, it's more a marketing like claim than actual like utilization. I'm sure if you like, I hate to say it, but if you talk to a chemist and you told them your brand angle, they could probably put together an Actives compilation yes. list for you. Um, the other thing too is like, I kind of feel like it's mi- misplaced the use of AI. Like the idea is that you can take a bunch of data points and then be able to come to a conclusion and that's supposed to save you time right and so in my mind I'm like can we just do it more towards user and like user data versus like products and actives I just don't think that's where AI should be placed yeah. anyways that's just my my gripe anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh, um, on a bit of good news I do find this one very interesting mm. um, BASF you guys um, probably aren't familiar with this company but this is a very 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 big ingredient supplier mm. in, that's they don't just make um, products for personal care across all industries but they paired out with a company called natural machines mm. and they are going to make uh, customized 3d printed bio-based and biodegradable mm. personal care masks. Mm. Uh, I think it's, I don't really, because BRSF isn't a consumer-facing skincare brand, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure where and when this technology is going to become available for everyone, but I actually really like this concept. Yeah, what What do you feel like it solves? My face doesn't fit any face mask. I think I have, like, I don't even know, like, just... When I, I always have to plan uh, masking around when I wash my hair because mm. I don't want to wash my face after I masking, but thing. it always like drenches like around my hairline. Yeah. So I have to do it if I'm like just planning on having nasty hair for 24 hours. Got it. Yeah. So I understand that. Yeah. And also I think there's something to be said about like getting the most out of it if it really evenly like forms to your entire face. I'm sure there's like it's. I'm, I'm sure everyone's experienced, like, the mask pocket. Mm-hmm. When it doesn't fit, you have, like, p- 
pockets you have to keep pressing down to yep. get the serum so yep. yeah no i think that's a good point like back in um when i was working on sheet masks that was one of our biggest issues was per different zones um there were different face shapes mm-hmm. and some of the face shapes would just be incredibly wrong and it would make you feel <laughs> Sorry, it, would, it would make you feel so bad because it's like like okay for example asian faces like i hate to say it but they they think that you know smaller slits like why like fuller cheeks so then suddenly you're you, when you pull it open it's like this <laughs> And I'm like, the mask was like doing this number. Exactly. I'm like, come on, man. Like, that's not that's not how big my face is, you know. So I just feel like it's. I totally agree. It's really painful um, in terms of face shape, and also um, when you use like those biocellulose masks, mm-hmm. um, it is really important to have good contact with yes. your skin. So. I think that's great. Yeah, and I'm really curious about which type of biodegradable material they use. I'm sure, like, you guys have heard of uh, a lot of sustainability movements in the industry. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm really curious to see what comes from this. Yeah. Cool. Last but not least, in the news, we always have to share a new launch. Hey. So, Rodan Fields has a new serum. It's called the Total RF Serum. It is... um, it is said to, they, they use a lot of fancy words like, oh, like this antioxidant complex, it reduces the signs of wrinkle and like combats aging from all different angles. Um, and then green list goes something like water, dimethicone, isonanoisonanoate, glycerin, niacinamide, squalene, da 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 da. I just want to point out that niacinamide wasn't called out at all in the marketing description. So, haha! <laughs> there you go, your insurance policy ingredients sitting pretty there. Yeah, if you haven't heard us talk about niacinamide before, we call it the jack of all trades. And before it got its own platform recently, you would see it in everything because that was their insurance policy and they would never talk about it. It just wasn't very fair to them, actually. Yeah, and, <laughs> and there's also an example of how and why you can accidentally overlayer nice cinema mm. pretty easily. So even products that don't talk about it might have some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual active ingredients or that they, that they talk about, there's like some peptide plant. Um, there's some there's an ingredient called rosemarinic acid arutin. These are like pretty well-known antioxidants in skin mm-hmm. there's um, adenosine yeah so mm-hmm. all in all i don't know how i feel about this because it costs 175 dollars yeah, yeah there is a clinical study but it does it does seem like most of the results it's not clear how they did the testing okay so i didn't know how many people was in the study also most of it was consumer perception so it's like 83 uh, percent agree that skin feels brighter or yeah. skin feels firmer Got there's it. like a lingo that says like oh like 83 percent uh has reduced wrinkle which suggests that there's some sort of clinical measurements but that's not the type of metric I'm, that we are used to hearing yeah. usually if there's clinical assessment you'll hear metrics like um on average consumers reduce their wrinkles by 32 percent yeah right? but this is more like there's there's an interpretation. Yes, exactly. Right. There's like the way they worded for us seemed a little maybe they overflattered the results a little bit, or it's just really hard for us to tell. I think there is one specific lingo that Gora pointed out that I the phrase they used was noticed. Oh, and if they yes. use a word like that, like 
obviously that's consumer perception right yeah. exactly they use like 84 percent notice mm-hmm. brighter skin something like that yep. and to us it's like <laughs> anyway so that's the awesome of the day all right, so I think that's the news. That's the news. Ooh. All right, it's time for the meat. The meat. So, yes, moisturizing, not the most glamorous or exciting of topics, but so, so, so important. And if you've been following us on Instagram, you probably noticed we started our Moisturizer 101 series. Well, colder days are ahead, which means that our skin's gonna be more prone to dry skin. Um, so, before we do that, of course, we have to talk about some of the biology, just so you understand the importance of this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll go through some actual like moisturizer troubleshooting, what makes a good moisturizer, and so on and so forth. Um, so first things first, uh, one of the things that you need to know about your skin is that there are, very, there are four specific systems in your mm-hmm. skin that need to be functioning cohesively together in order to have healthy, hydrated skin. So that is proper NMF formation. (laughs) Yes, so these are your natural moisturizing factors that include things like... (laughs) 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 Urea, lactic acid, sodium PCA, they're basically humectants that's naturally producing your skin to help gra- grab water mm-hmm. your skin in your skin there's a water gradient basically the outer layers are fatty the deeper layers are much more heavy in water and but there's like a natural gradient so yep. they exist on all surface levels to help maintain that gradient yeah and in fact hyaluronic acid is one of these uh one of those molecules that you constantly hear about it also functions in the same way in terms of being that aqueous, um, I guess, solution that allows these like cells to communicate with each other. So they're very, so it's very important with skin uh, in your skin. But the reason why it's not considered an NMF in skincare is because it doesn't actually penetrate down, um, especially because its molecular weight is so large. So hopefully that that kind of clears it up and creates some organization, right, Chloe? Yes, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> All right, so that's the first thing. Second is lipid processing. Mm. And what that means is your actual lipid organization, um, the actual structure and comp- composition of those lipids all make for healthy skin. Yeah, so this is where you might hear about the ratios, mm. fatty acid, cholesterol, mm. and ceramides. Um, and when skin is healthy, it actually forms a crystalline matrix. Mm-hmm. So it has like basically it kind of locks in together. So skin structure is very robust yes. and it functions better that way. It can help you. Um, skin is actually more supple and it helps lock in water, water that much better. Yep. And then the third is keratinocyte differentiation. That's your skin cells, just how they're um, organizing themselves and creating that structure that ultimately becomes this uh uh, stratum corneum and then finally regular desquamation and what does that mean Gloria? Desquamation <laughs> is when your cells at the very upper layer of your stratum corneum says I've had enough of your shit I'm gonna go now <laughs> uh, but yeah actually it's linked to keratinocyte differentiation mm-hmm. your skin just naturally have a skin cycle you're constantly mm-hmm. getting new skin cells it's uh, it's just a continual um, differentiation uh, process you're Skin cell starts from the bottom, gets pushed out, goes through a differentiation process, becomes, by the time it's at the outermost layer, um, when it becomes your stratum corneum, they're dead cells. They're mostly fatty dead cells. Exactly. And then after a while, 
the dead cells that serve its purpose. It's time to move on. Yeah, and that healthy turnover contributes to healthy skin. Mm -hmm. So all these four things that we just mentioned, um, they all need to be functioning well. They all need to be functioning together, and that's ultimately what contributes to non-dry skin. And that's why, even though people think, oh, dry skin, just put a lotion on it, you know, it's so simple, but it's actually really not. And um, the problem with that is that um, when that when you start experiencing dry skin, it just invites a whole host of problems. Um, and so one of the things, so uh, before we kind of get into all those problems, we should first define what is dry skin. And dry skin is essentially just water loss. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Oh, your, skin, your skin's main job is to keep the bad guys out and your water yeah. inside. And dry skin usually starts when um, your tool or transepidermal water loss mm -hmm. is a lot faster than usual. Your skin is just not doing a very good job in terms of keeping water mm -hmm. in. That's usually symptom number one. And the symptom becomes a bit of a disease. Yeah. Because... Yeah. So, and on top of that environment, it in research, um, it will you'll see that uh, environment does play a very big factor um, and it kind of aggravates that water evaporation. And when you have that lack of water, uh, your skin is kind of starts freaking out because it doesn't have water to produce those NMFs, those important molecules that you need. It also cannot do its proper skin shedding. Um, and when that happens, then all of a sudden, poof, your stratum corneum is very unhappy. And what, what they found was your skin tries to fix itself, but when it fixes itself, it's not really in the best way. And what happens is your keratinocytes, as they are organizing and they are multiplying, um, they start multiplying in a disorganized manner. Um, which sets yourself up for a kind of dysfunctional and unorganized stratum corneum, and then you can't shed your skin cells in that healthy manner. Yeah. Um, fun fact, some of the active ingredient studies will look at um, uh, skin's, um, skin cutouts, yeah. and what they do is they apply it, and then they take microscope images of it to see that organization, because mm -hmm. organized skin equals healthier skin and more exactly. hydrated skin. Yeah. And um, when, you know, we always talk about AHAs and how they're so important for, you know, they help with um, prevention of wrinkles, they help tackle uh, in some ways hyperpigmentation. But the core of what it does is actually help you um, get that exactly and promote and continue that hydrated skin, which a lot of people don't realize because they think that when you're shedding skin, it, cause, it can cause dryness, so that could aggravate dry skin. But no, that's actually not the case. Yeah, and actually this is um, kind of how um, how we created baby stuff. Yeah. Lactic acid at low levels function as an NMF. You yeah. naturally have lactic acid in your skin. Um, so it's a hydrating ingredient at low levels. And then at slightly higher levels, it can help gently exfoliate skin. And at really high levels, which is... Yeah, you could peel your skin. Yeah. But again, this like kind of goes with the concept of um, it's A, finding the right molecule and then B, finding the right concentration for your skin condition. Yeah. And we're getting we're jumping ahead a little bit. But I just on that note, like this is the reason why you might see that lotions that are catered towards seniors um, mm -hmm. usually come with lactic acid or urea because it's that's the whole goal is to help them shed that those skin cells in a healthy way. All right. So um, with that, so now you understand like kind of 
the um, I guess impacts of dry skin also uh, there's some weird facts I kind of stumbled on just to kind of um, as I was giving myself a refresher on dry skin so uh, one of the things um, that's like a not so fun fact is that dry skin coupled with inflammation can and has a tendency to lead to a more chronic issue of eczema so um, if the idea is that, you know, it's dry skin is kind of a catalyst. And so it is important to try to tackle that first. And I think that's something that we try to um, warn people about is that if you are experiencing dry skin, let's focus on that first before tackling all the other skin concerns. Yeah, a lot of active ingredients. Like yeah. we just talked about both acne and hyperpigmentation, yeah. um, especially with hyperpigmentation, just it's time to focus on skin barrier. We always say focus on skin barrier before you think about those other things. Yep, exactly. Um, and then one of the other things that I found was interesting was that skin that has a more curved radius, they found to be more prone to dry skin. <gasps> <laughs> Not Curve. my chipmunks, the cheeks. <laughs> yeah. So this is why like dryness on the cheek area is just that stretched surface area more prone to water loss and then i was kind of thinking about butt cheeks mm. but yeah. some are more curved than others yeah but. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh nose obviously that's a big area um the other thing that they've also looked at is ethnicity are certain ethnic groups more prone to dry skin um turns out that's not really a factor it's really location and geography um very uh dry climates definitely more prone to dry skin which makes it seems very obvious and then finally, um, they've also looked at the impact of dry skin on infants and mm -hmm. how that impacts them in the future. Um, they've actually found that those um, infants that deal um, with eczema or struggle with that and dry skin, they, have, uh, they are more prone to things like food allergies, seasonal allergies, and even asthma. Wow. Um, so they, there's, even though like it's not that glamorous, um, they definitely see it as like a root problem mm -hmm. and just know that there's still a lot of research done to really understand and really try to prevent this even as at a very very young age so all right so that was a little bit about the biology of dry skin we're gonna go over products and how to choose a moisturizer next but before we do we're gonna take a mini break with our claims corner hey claims corner we're so happy that this segment is uh i think it's a fan favorite and we have submissions <laughs> by you guys as well yeah so she sent this product to us this is submitted to us by our friend um, at cutie skira um she sent this product to us it is called forest lungs oh boy <laughs> this is a unisex anti-stress fragrance supplement okay. that delivers the healing effect of nature on the body by using olfactory chemistry and patented technology to bring the outside in. 96% felt less stressed after using forest lungs, in all caps, woody and smoky, with cling resin and tart citrus notes, vitver, I never say that right, cedarwood, Benzoin, pine, patchouli, and bergamot. <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, so it's a typical fragrance mix. What is a fragrance supplement? Uh, yeah, so I think it's just a fragrance, okay. a panted blend, which honestly most 
most fragrance blends are proprietary, mm -hmm. so whether or not it's patented is kind of whatever, but yeah. cool. Interestingly, they did a consumer perception study. Mm -hmm. So this is created by world-renowned perfumer. I do not know how to pronounce his name. Guillaume. Flavigne. Wow, Flavigne just sounds like flavonoid. Sorry. Yeah, it's meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it is a sensory supplement designed to support the reduction of everyday stress. 96% felt less stressed within 30 minutes of using forest lungs. 692 oh my god. 92% <laughs> felt calmer within 30 minutes of using forest lungs. Okay. And then 87% felt that their everyday stress levels were lower after using forest lungs for 30 days. Wow. And 91% felt their anxiety levels were reduced by using forest lungs for 30 days. Wow, all right. Interesting. Oh, they didn't say how many number of people this is done on. Also, I don't know if you noticed, but they also have a dosing. Uh-huh. And they says doses two plus sprays. Oh, so man. That's a lot. That's... Yeah, so it says friends plus enemies for full body stress support. Try pairing with mood. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh... Anyway, uh, how do you feel about this, Victoria? <laughs> well, okay. Let's, to be fair, olfactory is a, is yes. a mystical world. Yes. Um, there's a lot of research actually done. That's why lavender, when the they... Aromatherapy is a thing, yeah, for sure. And, and there are studies that do say that, you know, when you have that lavender aroma, you know, it can be very powerful, things like that. Um, and um, so in that sense, don't discredit that. I just want to know what a fragrance supplement is. Yeah. Is this a new thing about fragrance? Like, it's the do more of fragrance. Yes, fragrance so good that <laughs> it goes beyond smelling nice. Yeah. Unless you're moved. I guess that's that's the new trend. The other thing I, I don't know what it means is to bring the outside in gives me a lot of anxiety because <laughs> I have really bad allergies like <laughs> seasonal allergies so when i hear that i'm like that's not what i want but i understand the visual they're trying to create i don't know it's a, it's it's very mysterious to me very mysterious yes. victoria's outdoors grassy things allergy is so bad that we have been on a mm -hmm. extra like shrubby hike where like all the plants are like waist high and it's not very trim I've, I've witnessed her dive headfirst into the ocean <laughs> to relieve her skin after that hike. So it's very true. The plantiness does not appeal to Victoria. <laughs> I mean, for me, like, I, I think it's been, like, more, multiple decades where people have talked about, like, going going to nature like mm. smelling the whatever um like forest smells is actually really forest good for me. <laughs> maybe not tar. with gloria's marketing skills yes, no, no, no clearly i'm not selling people on forest stuff but it, it's a thing you know yeah. but i mean to me out of all the things we kind of joked about on Claims Corner, it doesn't really offend me that much because at the end of the day, it is a fragrance that's 30 bucks. So oh, that's it. not bad at yeah, all. Yeah, it doesn't really hurt to try. And at the end of the day, if it's a nice fragrance, it's a nice fragrance, you know. Um, I don't, I think aromatherapy is one of those like kind of ritual things where I'm like, you know Me what? time moments. Yeah, like if it doesn't have actual super medical benefits that some brands try to claim yeah. it doesn't hurt you know yeah. who doesn't like smelling nice i have to be honest when it comes to fragrance the lingo can get really weird yeah i mean if you look at any of the high-end brand like 
fragrance commercials do any of them make sense to you like do you remember the one with Kristen Stewart where she's just like gallivanting around (laughs) like that doesn't make any sense so um I don't know but uh, yes I also think that the whole forest in out the supplement lingo is all very confusing yeah I think it's a very creative spin but like Victoria said, if you think about traditional fragrance, everyone's trying to sell you a feeling. Think yeah. about like yeah. the Natalie Portman commercials yeah. where she's just like, Dior. Oh, Dior Chevy. <laughs> and then the Jador with the, you know, like everything. Uh, yeah. yeah, They're all selling you a feeling. So mm-hmm. this is also selling you a feeling. And the feeling is forest. So. But I will say props to them for doing a clinical yes. on a fragrance. Yeah. Like, I think that actually is the one point where I don't really have a lot of expectations for that, but the, good for them. They made them use it for 30 days. Yes. The, and also, I'm not accusing them of do, doing this. I'm just saying if it's up to me and I want to create a fragrance with clients, I'm like, come in and try this fragrance. We'll give you a massage. And you tell me <laughs> if you feel less stressed for that. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Totally the fragrance though, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, actually that blend is also kind of massage oily. Yeah. Like woodsy with patchouli and bergamot. Bergamot. Yep, that'll do it. I get a massage with that. <laughs> yeah. So if you've tried this fragrance supplement and want to give it a yay or nay, let us know. Let us know. Ultimately, yeah. honestly, it's kind of creative and i'm not very offended by yeah. it yeah thanks cutie cara for Thank sending you. this our way um if you guys see any more uh eyebrow raising worthy products definitely send them our way we do get we find a lot of enjoyment that also people are catching on to yes yeah. <laughs> all right awesome so um back we're gonna to the meat. get back into the meat and uh now it's time to actually talk moisturizer Um, So when I was doing uh, this research um, and kind of getting an update, um, this one review paper, I think, summed it up really nicely in what you should look for in a moisturizer. They talk about non-physiological and physiological lipids. What that means is actually occlusive material and then also your ceramides, um, fatty acids, and cholesterol. So they're referring to like um, your skin identical like ceramides and whatnot as physiological yeah yeah and then um your humectants they call it anti-pruritic which means anti-itch and soothing agents and then also your epidermal differentiation ingredients so that's your keratolytics your ahas things like Mm -hmm. that so i thought that summed it up really nicely um and what I think the first things first is we have to talk about the actual basics of a moisturizer. Yep, we're here to talk to you about your H-E-O ratio. (laughs) And no, it's not cult lingo, I promise. (laughs) It's just the easiest way for us to talk about this. Story time. Uh Uh-huh. Victoria and I have a book out called Skincare Decoded. (laughs) When we were writing the book, uh, in the moisturizer chapter, we're like, we are going to show everyone the HEO ratios. <laughs> so the H is your water stuff, your humectants. Mm-hmm. E is um, emollients. It's smooth skin. It's generally, typically, your light oils. Mm-hmm. And then occlusives are the waxes and butters that seal that moisture in. We're like, genius. We're going to make a bunch of bars so people understand that different... Uh, there can be 10,000 products that claim mm-hmm. moisturizing, but mm-hmm. they all have different ratios. That's the key. Awesome. We have been through so many iterations <laughs> when we're writing the book, when we were calling, because our, our editors and designers, but 
bless their souls, they're not really in this industry, so they're like, you want what? <laughs> like, we want the blue bar to be just a little bit thicker. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> they had no idea what we were talking about. We're like, for so for example, we talked about like toners and serums, you know, and we're like, we just want a blue bar. <laughs> Blue bar. It's and all then, he left it blue. Yeah, and then the next one would be completely different color and chopped up in different colors. Oh, that was, that was quite painful yeah, for everyone. It was, it was. And they're just like looking at us like, what are you talking yeah, about? Exactly. Uh, but hopefully, with this video, you guys will know what we're talking about. So, um, speaking of ratios, what does that all mean, Gloria? Yeah, so everyone's skin has kind of their golden ratio. Mm. You can a great example to highlight is um, maybe think about your day lotion mm -hmm. and your night cream. Mm -hmm. So your day lotion tends to be more humectant heavy. So mm -hmm. your thin maybe there's like fifteen percent oil, just an example, and only one to two percent occlusive. Mm -hmm. And the base, the bulk of it is water and water love ingredients like glycerin, um, mm -hmm. your NMFs, hyaluronic acid. And whatnot and those tend to have fresher textures in general um good generally speaking good for layering mm -hmm. but um they won't help as much as sealing moisture in mm -hmm. and night creams typically speaking will be formulated with way higher oil and um, occlusives content mm -hmm. um but they might be lacking water grabbing goodies which means if you're very, very dry like me, you might want to layer. So that's kind of what we mean by different product ratios. And just to take one step back, the reason why we find it easier to think this way is because when you take a look at the moisturizers on the market, you have no idea how to go about shopping for a product because, uh, newsflash, there's no guideline, there's no rule book that mm. teaches that, um, I guess, creates any sort of rules for formulating for let's say a dry skin person versus an oily skin person so what that means is every brand just comes up with their own idea and yeah. interpretation of what that means so brand a might skew a little more dry you might find that their their line is more dry even for oily skin and then brand b is more skewed for oily skin so it's incredibly confusing yeah. If you buy an oily skin product in one category and then go to the next one, you might find it doesn't really work. Yeah, and I really want to share a story of before I started working as a chemist, yeah. before I knew anything about skin science, I that exact same thing happened to me. Yeah. Um, I was in college because I've always had dry skin. In college, I really noticed that that just it's becoming extra dry. Yeah. And my moisturizer, my standard Aveeno bottle is just not really cutting it anymore. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, okay, I'm going to splurge. I'm going to like eat ramen for a week, and then I'm going to go buy some high-end moisturizer because mm -hmm. that's what I thought I mm -hmm. needed. And I went to a shoe wimura counter because obviously they know Asian skin. And I remember this lady at that time, they launched a new essence. Mm -hmm. And they are like, oh, yeah, no, this is great for your age bracket. This is super duper hydrating. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, it is $65. <laughs> and I like, yes, and you pair it with this cream and your skin will be so dewy. And I'm like, you know what? I'm poor. I only got the budget for one of these two right. $65 products. And they're like, oh, yeah, you should buy the Essence. Yeah. So I bought the Essence and, and then the lady, of course, was like, oh, yeah, super hydrating. You just use this. Awesome. No one told me that it is only humectant. <laughs> it is 
an essence. So then I was like applying it and going out into Ithaca winter where it's 15 degrees outside and windy. I'm like, why am I so dry? Yeah, that's exactly it. And the same thing for La Mer. La Mer, they use they use mineral oil um, and you think that, oh, to use, use the best unlocks your code, right? Yeah. Your moisturization co- code. And I mean, I would go into my mom's like our vanity table and steal a little bit and try a pad, but it's like so oily for me. Very, very occlusive. Yeah, so hopefully thinking in this manner, um, in this whole HEO ratio, um, you guys can, the, the goal is to look at the product ingredient list and get a sense of this seems to be more well-balanced between the three categories. This seems to be more water-heavy. Mm-hmm. This seems to be more oil-heavy. If you can even get that sense, um, you will save yourself a lot of dollars wasted on yes. products. Yes, and we always say that this is a little bit of a trial and error. There's yeah. like two ways to approach it. You want to try your base level. This ratio seems to do pretty well for mm-hmm. me. Um, so actually, question. I'm someone that don't really have a morning moisturizer versus a yep. night moisturizer. Yep. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not the same. Uh, yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, so um, there's nothing wrong with having one for the morning, one for the night. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like if, if nothing else, you just need that one starting point that seems to cover your hydration throughout the day pretty well mm-hmm. and do okay through the night as well. Mm-hmm. And then you try to jazz up from that starting point. Yes. Exactly. Um, having that foundation, that starting product and building off of that, um, I think is the best way to go. And we also really try to convince you not to nuke your entire moisturizer routine because there's a lot of history there mm-hmm. that'll tell you of like what maybe didn't work or what you might need less of or more of. So that's all data, good data to work off of um, and make those tweaks. Um, so yeah, I think um, with that kind of background, um, we can kind of do um, a little bit of troubleshooting actually um, in terms of moisturizers. So basically what happens with a moisturizer is that your skin's always changing, which means that you're going to have a constant working relationship with your moisturizer. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't realize that. They think that, oh, I once you're, I found my one. Yeah. And I'm Holy grail and done. And it doesn't really work with skincare. Exactly. So um, I think uh, as an exercise, we want to explain that as you get go into drier weather, you might realize that your current moisturizer isn't doing enough for you. So Gloria, what would be those ways and steps to help <clears throat> tweak that? If you're very dry, mm-hmm. step one is just to lather occlusive over your skin, especially yeah. at night. Um, it doesn't solve all your moisturizing needs, but to basically just, just embalm yourself, yeah. it, it will help solve uh, really drastic dryness pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's step one. Um, honestly, with dry skin, it's just good to find good pieces to layer with. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say you are maybe more combo mm-hmm. rather than dry and you don't want to jump into a heavier balm, mix in a little bit of oil, just add a little bit of nourishment, more emollient to it to yep. help seal in the moisture. Mm-hmm. Um, this, these two tactics is usually, um, good enough, especially if your starting point is a lighter lotion. Yep. Um, let's say you're doing a cream. And you're just feeling like, oh, like my skin still feels really, really parched midday. Then you go the other way, you know, instead of layering more balm, more oil on top of your already pretty occlusive heavy cream, mm-hmm. you go under because sometimes yeah. creams, it's so 
uh, occlusive heavy. heavy that we found we found cream formulas where there is zero humectants and there is water but there's no water grabbing things that's when you reach for that hydrating product that um the hydrating serum with maybe b5 hyaluronic acid you put under your cream yep exactly and i think um, the thought process is if you are trying to troubleshoot, the first thing you want to do is just assess your moisturizing history. Um, once you get a sense of what that looks like, then you know like how to build upon it. Um, so just have you need a base starting point. And the second thing is just ask yourself, do you think you need less or do you think you need more? You know, and for winter, as Gloria mentioned, like what tends to happen is when you use a cream, uh, you we've actually found that a lot of people tend to forget about the water stuff um, but for someone like me who has oily skin who might be used to a more water heavy routine um, i actually need to add in a little bit of the emollients um, so that's um, hopefully that gives you a few examples of how we go about it and then um, there is also a category of people that we've found um, and it's the the I'm still lost and I've been going at it for a while I have no idea what to do mm -hmm. um, so in this sense what we what we recommend is just establish a starting point mm -hmm. um, it might not be enough but it's a decent starting point so if you can get like maybe a light lotion mm -hmm. a gel cream um, something that you feel like okay I'm hydrated maybe for about four to six hours or I'm um, seems to be doing enough but by the time i end of day i might it still might not be enough for me at least that's a starting point to work off of and then you can add in that layer so hopefully that gives you an idea of the thought process of how to think about your moisturizers and how to shop for one and just just hang there be a little patient yeah. um, the, re the reality is how is my skin moisturized enough it can be a bit of a feeling yeah. that you're searching for I mean, not everyone can sit around and measure like the water content of your skin every like two yeah. hours, you assess. Yeah. So just, I almost feel like, I feel like moisturizer hunting is like dating. <laughs> A lot of the moisturizers are probably good enough, but when you find <laughs> the one, you're like, this, this moisturizer speaketh to my strand corner. <laughs> Yes, that's my latest theory. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a general pool that you're like, okay, I can go on date two or three with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was moisturizer hunting, mm -hmm. I tried a bunch of the classic, like, oh, the, the, um, there are ones that, uh, all the cold favorite ones I've tried. Okay. Um, there's ones that uh, really don't work for me. Okay. So for me, Clinique Moisture Surge was like, eh. That I can agree with. Yeah. It's very filmy. It, it is, and it's. It, it doesn't absorb very well on my skin. Mm -hmm. so for That's me, the Clinique dramatically different uh, oh, no. moisture emotion. They have a pink one. Ah, that's the moisture surge. Yes, the uh -huh. moisture surge. Okay. So that one, I was like, we are not going on a second date. <laughs> Instant breakup. Uh -huh. The DDM, the dramatically different, I've also tried. That one is like, oh, I'll entertain a second date. It works, but the texture wasn't quite for me. Mm -hmm. As Victor mentioned, that one's filmy. Mm -hmm. So I was like... It does its job, but yeah. do I want to see it again mm -hmm. in two months? Mm -hmm. You know, so I've done the whole circuit. So like, you're not you're not alone. And right now, honestly, working in the industry is really awesome in that sense because I've tried every formula on the market and not like all over the place to find <clears throat> what I like. And I will say the funniest experience I had was Kiehl's um their ultra facial mm -hmm. cream. Mm -hmm. That one is one where you're like. 
I think I like you enough to keep dating you, but if I'm walking down the aisle and I see you, all of a sudden I'm like, I think I could do better. I think that's a great way of putting it. It's like it does a job, but it's got the fundamentals. Yeah. So you're like, I can get through 30 years and not have to worry about maybe like, I don't know, you gambling away all my financials. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's it's stable, but I can also call- something yeah. miss. It's just like I think what it is. It's like it feels a little vanilla for the price point. Yes, exactly. So that's why you're like, I'm still curious because it's a little expensive. You make me want to feel like I may want to try dating other people. <laughs> Not the holy grail moisturizer for me. Yeah, I. I think the other one that I that's kind of in that category. No, actually not in that category, but it's on the same level is the philosophy they had a jar. The the I don't remember. Miracle yes. something like that. And it's like a, it's kind of shiny. Yes. Right? It's got know. a gloss to it. Um that one, the texture is so weird that you're like, "Oh, this is really like interesting." You know, it's like spicy and you're like, "Oh, okay. I'm I'll never be bored." But you're just like, also a classic moisturizer might be okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's kind of the opposite yeah. situation. One day I wake up, I'm like, I don't want to date a rock star. <laughs> I want to come home to someone that I know will have a job. Yeah. <laughs> that will cook me a meal. <laughs> <laughs> Best analogy ever. Yeah, so anyways... Um, if you want to spice it up for yourself, think about your moisturizer relationships. Oh my god, that's why we name Mr. Reliable Mr. Reliable. <laughs> Come home. He brings some the bacon. He's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Actually, okay, since we are doing this, can we just talk about why we launched moisturizers first? Yes. So, us as non marketers, we're like, no, we're you not. know what? We really think moisturizers deserve a spotlight. And people are lost. So exactly as we just talked about, humectants and modeling inclusive, at the time we are starting Chemist Confessions. I don't even think those are lingo. That's on a lot of people's minds. Not mind. at all. It's like much more common now. Yeah. Um, but at that time, we are like, you know what? We're going to be geniuses. We are going to take <clears throat> the best-in-class humectant, best-in-class emollients, and occlusives and make three separate products. And that became Aquafix, Better Oil, and Bon Voyage. We're going to jack them up with <laughs> soothing steroids so basically a bunch of soothing ingredients <laughs> so that everyone regardless of where they are in their moisturizer journey can have meaningful layering pieces yep they're your tools yeah exactly if you're missing emollients you add, we got you you got the oil if you're missing uh, humectant we, we got, got you, you. <laughs> you know, so on so forth and after we made these three products we're like I bet people are gonna be like where's my lotion <laughs> We had those three, and we're looking at this. We're like, yeah, but at the end of the day, someone's still lost. Someone <laughs> so just won and need done a base. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's Miss yeah. Reliable was born, right? Yeah. And we had a naming such naming party for all of these products. Yeah. And Victoria almost murdered me that day because <laughs> I'm seeing, I'm sitting there like, moist maker. McCreamy. McCreamy. McCreamy was real. <laughs> vetoed. Those names got vetoed. So yeah. And jokes on us because when we launched it, um, it didn't do as well as we hoped just because 
moisturizers just truly well, are not that glamorous. <laughs> we get a lot. We got a lot of questions like, "Wow, that's really cool." Uh, is it anti-aging? We're like, whoa, whoa, but moisturizing is step one. Most <laughs> important first. Launch most important first. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. But now I think people are starting to appreciate it. Yes. So that makes us happy. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's a little that's side a story, story for you guys. All right. And then um, the last couple of things I did want to talk about was ceramides. Yes. Um, it's not, it doesn't really follow the HEO um, ratio, but it is an important component that can be very helpful for you. Yeah, um, ceramides is a hot, really yeah. huge topic. I think um, a lot of people, it just really caught on, which yeah. is great. And maybe partially thanks to CeraVe, yeah. or the skincare addi- uh, addiction. Um, but ceramides are essentially a natural part of your skin barrier. There's a ton of different types of ceramides. They usually different by shape and size. Mm -hmm. And ceramides is considered the backbone to your lipid matrix. Mm -hmm. Um, so the thought process is that if you apply, um, the, the lipid components, you, if you apply ceramides on your skin, they might be incorporated into your lipid matrix and help repair your skin barrier. That's not quite necessarily how it works. It's kind of hard to tell, like, what... It, a lot of people will say that it isn't incorporated into your skin like that. Yes. Yet, it does show skin barrier improvement. Yeah, and it's even helpful for those who deal with eczema. Yeah, there's actually... They've tested a lot of ceramide cream on all sorts of skin barrier disease. Yes. Eczema, psoriasis, severe dry skin. Mm-hmm. You name it, they've tested ceramides mm-hmm. for it. Um, if you have dabbled in skin science websites, you will hear about the great ceramide ratio Mm. debate. So other than ceramides, the three core lipid components of your skin are fatty acids and cholesterol. Yes. And you'll hear about, are you the 242 or are you the 311? (laughs) (laughs) Are you, which team are you on? Come on, Victoria, pick a side. (laughs) Yep, it's, they're all touting their new numbers. um, And so... With that, um, if you start getting confused and you start feeling like you're honing in on this ratio, you've gone too far. Yeah. Let's dial it back because at the end of the day, there's not enough data to support one ratio over the other. Also, they tend to be more expensive. And really, um, just being able to even incorporate a little ceramide can be helpful enough. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, part of the big debate comes mm-hmm. from a few papers that's that's out there that talks about either, oh, which is your natural skin ratio or, mm-hmm. oh, how do you, your skin lipid de- deplete as you age? How do you replenish that? How do you, what's that like matchup ratio? Yeah. It's, it's a little much because the reality is uh, the two four two was is the is the skin suitable ratio in the triple lipid. It's tested. It has an amazing clinical. Mm-hmm. The three one one is tested by is it Epion? Epion. Yeah, and they're both tested. Yeah. They both work. And that's it, all that matters. Yeah, exactly. And I think also like if you if there you're one of those people that are like oh but the paper says. You're also forgetting that there are all sorts of ceramides too. Like mm-hmm. you're looking at the original quantity of ceramides, but you're not even looking at the type really. And so like and even to be able to do that and incorporate into skincare is so expensive. So that's why like we, you know, if you use triple lipid and are doing great with it, awesome. Yeah. But don't feel feel like you have to like really hone in on this number to unlock your moisturizer code yes yeah um and i just want to also point out that 
as all things science, it's also a learning progress. Mm-hmm. We are still seeing new papers testing ceramides in different capacities yep. every year. Yep. Um, there was a Korean study I found that came out just this year, earlier this year, um, that didn't tell me how much ceramide was in it, <laughs> but there was actually just one type, ceramide MP yep. or ceramide 3. Mm-hmm. Um, this one tested four um, damaged forearm mm-hmm. um, versus placebo for just seven days, but it showed that um, the non-placebo cream that had the ceramide was able to dr- dramatically and significantly reduce tool. So yeah, again, multiple different types of ceramides at different ratios or just by itself has shown improvement. So it's ingredient to look out for, but don't go too nuts with the ratio. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and then speaking of ingredients to kind of wrap this up, I do want to talk about a few ingredients you'll hear about and kind of have that buzz um, and just our kind of two cents, quick two cents on all of them. Um, I think the first one we have to talk about is hyaluronic acid. Um, it's definitely one that we would say just gets way too much fame. Um, we see this as a humectant. We see this um, in, as a comparison to good old glycerin. Um, and that's it. You know, if you want to go into small molecular weight hyaluronic acid, um, the verdict's still out, you know. And also, there's all sorts of ways you can manipulate the small molecular weight um, HA. So, with that, it, it's really dependent on the molecule and it, for its anti aging benefits. So, hopefully, that clears the space. I think there. for me, yeah. HA is great, but I would never use a product that, that only has is HA. It's just a serum. Mm-hmm. Yep, I totally agree. Also, that's really boring because we, oh, I guess we could also get into this maybe in a blog post, but mm-hmm. it's <gasps> actually a lot better to have a blend of humectants, humectants mm-hmm. at different molecular weights. Um, it's again the shotgun cocktail approach. You kind of give your skin a little bit of everything, is a lot more helpful than just one singular active. Also, oh, money wise. By the way, too. kind sirs out there doing quote unquote AI skincare, why don't you go crack the code <laughs> on what is the best humectant? Because again, everything's a humectant, but there's zero comparative data. So go busy yourself with that. I just feel like we're just like AI people. Who are you? Who are Who you? Who are you? Find what are you doing? Actual useful data. And stop telling me that after years of working, AI study. And vitamin C. Anyway. Yep, yep, so true. Uh, second ingredient. Neomucin. Cool. Cool beans. <laughs> so again, also a humectum. <laughs> it's got the slimy stuff. It's got some HA. Yeah. It's got low levels of glycolic, but we're talking about low levels. Yeah. It, won't, it won't exfoliate yeah. your skin much. Um, so yeah, cool. Yeah, we think it's fine. It's yeah. not necessary. Um, I might have a tiny, tiny bit of, you know, vitamins, like a little, and as Gloria said, glycolic, just tiny amounts, like kind of a nice, yeah. it's not even secondary, just like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's nice. It's, so, it's, it's okay. Nice. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that's Snail oh. Um Think of it as a humectant. So for our new fans... We talked about how snail mucin was extracted. Oh, right. There was a hilarious, there is a hilarious video on YouTube, um, link here. They talk about how traditional ways to attract snail mucin, it, it's like a Monsters Inc. story. They used to scare the snails and they're like, oh, and then like, <laughs> the snail mucin. And then people are like, you know what? That's not very nice. Why don't we try making them very happy? So they put them in snail spas. Happy. <laughs> Victoria, give it a show them using a good time. Yeah. And then they're like, 
oh. And oh, like, my dog is making appearance. <laughs> She's done with my yes. trailer. So then they realize happy snails excrete more mucin than scared snails. <laughs> so yes, there you go. Real life monsters ink story. Yeah. Amazing saying. Cool story, bro. Wrap your shit up. <laughs> yeah, so that's fun fact. Definitely we will include the YouTube link below. Um, and then also I think another one is just honey. Um, also, anything honey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, they all just sound nice. Think of them as just like Thank things you. to market with. I mean, and anything is hydrating, right? You'll yeah. hear about like a lot of like, let's say, cactus extract, aloe vera, sea stuff, sea stuff a lot of algae things, a yeah. lot of slimy things. <laughs> None of them are bad ideas, but that's why uh, chemists don't market anything. <laughs> <laughs> My kelp is better than your kelp. <laughs> um, None of the, doesn't hurt to have them yeah there's zero there i wish we could tell you that this is the best humectant mm. nothing compares them um to each other yeah uh, glycerin is a gold standard use a blend of it the end that's the takeaway yeah and then finally um plant butters plant waxes um we've seen a couple people um feel like they need to switch because petrolatum has been smeared and dragged through the mud um, but at the end of the day, I just want to show you that petrolatum is still also the gold standard occlusive. Um, and at the end of the day, when nothing else will work, you're going to get petrolatum. Um, so don't feel the need to use jojoba, 100% raw shea, um, coconut oil. Oh my gosh, please, for oily skin, acne skin, definitely don't recommend that. Um, and that's like going the other way yeah. um, too is when coconut, especially coconut oil and jojoba oil, when those stuff are all the rage, a lot of people will end up only using yeah. this to moisturize. And going back to our HEO uh, discussion, it's a very limited way to moisturize. You're Teamwork not makes the dream work. <laughs> all right, Grandpa. Wheel you the other way. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Oh, I will say, though, of all the planty butters, I actually like certain cocoa butters. Mm -hmm. they, they have a really cool skin feel. But again, with all things plants, sourcing is a yes. thing, you know, mm -hmm. like a lot of consumers. Um, you might, shea butter might just be shea butter, but there's actually, shea can be. Oh, it can be manipulated thing. into so many things. Yeah. It's actually really cool. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, people just want like a hundred percent raw unrefined like just smashed shea like at, in a bucket and we're like that's not the purpose of that. again if you're dating this person do you want it to come in with a loincloth or at least a suit and shape you know so. oh god i mean let's be fair some people want the loincloth Depends on what's under. Alright, we're moving on. We're moving on. And that's moisturizing. <laughs> Yo, this episode was a lot more fun than I thought. <laughs> oh, God. Alright, uh, it's time to break, break, break it up. Break, break, break it up. Break, break, break it up. All right. And it's Animal Fun Fat Corner. So, uh, I really just want to say that I am so glad that this cor this Animal Fun Fat Corner has been a cornerstone to our podcast. <laughs> and uh, if you missed it, I think it was last episode or maybe it was two episodes two ago. Two episodes ago. 
We talked about the beaver. Yes. Oh, can I tell the story? Yes. Yes. Okay, so we talked about the beaver. And then remember how Gloria in the previous video was like, you beavers. Okay. (laughs) And then I was like, wait, but look, there's this video. um, I think it was on like a lady. Oh, Dodo. Yeah. Yeah. And talked about a lady who actually took in and rescued a beaver. Mm -hmm. So we're like watching it. We're like, oh, it's so funny. Look at it trying to like build this little dam in the house. Trying to destroy the house. (laughs) Like taking everything and like pushing it up onto a corner and creating a dam. And we're like, oh, that's adorable. (laughs) And then cut to the beaver like eating. And yeah, the lady, she was like, she's like, he does this really cute thing. (laughs) He eats his sweet potato and he And we just want to remind you that many episodes ago, I had noticed this observation about Gloria and that when she eats her sandwich, she spins it and eats the corners like a disc. Making my own Uncrustables. (laughs) So now we know that's where Gloria got it from. I eat my sandwiches like beavers. (laughs) Anyway, so fun fact. Um. Yeah. What's today's animal, Gloria? Today's animal is not as cute as the beaver. Right. We're talking about sea hares, as in sea rabbits, as in a giant sea slug. <laughs> that changed drastically. Yeah. So, uh, I actually like randomly found a clip of it. I don't know why it was recommended to me. Maybe YouTube's listening to our animal fun fact corner. But it was just like, look at this beastly like thing. So it was like literally this giant slimy thing. Like rubbing itself against a rock. Oh. <laughs> so it turned out that that was a black California sea hare. Okay. Those things can weigh up to like 15 pounds. They're very, very, very big. That's bigger than a baby. <laughs> yes. You need, it's a two handed operation. Thing. Yes. Oh, okay. It is very slimy, but yes. I picked it because there's a lot of species okay. uh, out there. Um, they are, they're adorable. They just eat little plants. They're there to eat algae mm-hmm. and they actually like have tentacles to hold the algae and blah, blah, blah. And that's how they live. They're kind of slow moving. There's not a lot of defense mechanism. And a lot of species of them, including the brown one, there's some spotted ones. What they do is they ink like octopus. Um, but instead of like a black ink, they shoot out bright purple pink ink. Oh. <laughs> it's like a bachelorette party come back. Oh, I don't know what kind of bachelor party you've been to. Oh, Barney farts. I don't know. It just poof and it's and I'm oh, so it's worse than like worse than octopus. Oh yeah. And mm. it's not it's not lightly it's not like if you squint it looks a little purple. It's bright purple. It's Ugh. like neon purple pink. So it just doesn't look natural. No, it looked highly toxic, which it turns out that it is slightly toxic to its main prey, which is the lobster. Mm. So it actually functions in a lot of different ways all at the same time. I don't know why but this is dumb, but I never realized that lobster even eat things. I just never even registered <laughs> that like we they eat need lobsters. to eat them. What, what do, do lobsters <laughs> I really feel like I'm like, I have never thought about this. (laughs) But have you thought about what they eat? Do you not care? I have not. I'm sorry. (laughs) But now I know. (laughs) That's one of the things that lobsters eat. Okay. So uh, when the lobster latch onto it, it's not fast enough. It can't get away. It shoots out this ink. And one, it's like, oh my God, it's pink. It's very distracting. (laughs) And then two... Is it's there's like, ooh, confetti. Yeah, ooh. 
<laughs> and then too, it actually has a taste to it because it's like got like light amino acids. So the lobster is like, oh, ah, it tastes kind of <laughs> And then three, if that's still not enough time for the thing to get away, with the ink, it also secretes this extra gooey slime. And it's the lobster next thing will know, again, mouthful of it. was like, whoa, 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 whoa. oh, it doesn't taste good. It's not that it doesn't taste good, it's just there's a lot of slime. slime. So it's like, it all sounds so attractive. Giving it time to get away. <laughs> well, it, because it's a slug, like, how much time does it need to get away? A long Remember, does it like detach and it kind of just like. Oh, no. It's like Monsters University, the, oh. the slug. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much what it's like. I watched that movie too. <laughs> <laughs> and the last. Last fact I have for everyone about this is it's uh, of course we're talk about how it reproduces. Mm. It's a hermaphrodite, mm. so sometimes they can create mating chains because <laughs> they can couple in a couple different directions. So sometimes you can find a string of twenty of them. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> That's too much of a party for me. <laughs> and producing pink ink and yeah, purple ink. Purple ink that tastes. Delicious? <laughs> and delicious to lobsters, at least. So, there you go. Oh. That's the sea hare. Who knew the sea hare had so much fun? Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. It is time to wrap this up. I just realized we, we really know how to dish out facts that no one no asked one. for. Remember, no one asked for. We made a clip of our claims corner last time about how no one asked that term whether we should skincare before or after sex. But then we willfully ignored the fact that no one asked us for sea hair facts and their coupling chains. To be fair, it was either this or the Russian olive tree. We'll get there. You know what? It wasn't a good week. The animal <laughs> corner is going to branch out into the plant kingdom. So there you go. All right. We're ready to wrap this up with some final Q&A. <sighs> yes. What is our first question? Uh, we got this in email. Mm -hmm. uh, this person asked, what is the relationship between product concentrations versus mm -hmm. how much you apply versus how frequently you apply a product? Mm -hmm. And That's then she... Question. Using sample based on our content. You know, before we answer this question, I feel like this is definitely the product of transparency, transparent uh, percentages. Mm -hmm. It's like this is bound to cause that kind of confusion. Yep. So I'm really glad she asked this. So the specific example she chose to ask is the difference between applying 20% acetic acid mm. once a day versus 10% acetic acid twice a day. Yeah. Um, so <coughs> first off, we... Whenever we give any sort of um, advice or data, it's really based on research and testing that has been done previously. And all that data is based on 20% azelaic acid used one to even two times a day. Yes. Um, and so that's what we base it off of. Um, in terms of 10%, what we've seen is that using 10%, uh, it just ha doesn't have that same robust data and proof that it can get you those benefits of tackling hyperpigmentation and even acne. And so that's why for us, um, when we wrote about azelaic acid, we say 10% azelaic acid incorporating that is great. Um, you can use it both day and night, um, but we still see that as secondary to other 
practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Gloria, if we, you want to add anything to that. Yeah, I actually responded to this email um, using a different example. It's a great question overall. Not every skincare active is well studied in yeah. that different concentration bracket. Yeah. Uh, one of the other examples that's really well studied is um, acids. Yeah. So your AHAs, like glycolic and lactic, um, there are studies that use 2 to 5 to 8% like say nightly mm-hmm. sometimes there are studies that use that type of concentration almost twice a day as well yeah but it's not a cumulative effect mm-hmm. when you want to use it as a peel like to get that really like a uh, really visible result mm-hmm. let's say if you use 10 percent glycolic acid twice a day it's not the same thing as using a 20 percent glycolic acid peel at mm-hmm. all that's not how that works so um Again, high concentration has its unique place, yes. how it's used. Um, it's not replaced by using lower frequency. Uh, that's why acetic acid is a tough topic for us because you can say, oh, I'm using 10% twice a day. It's about the same, right? Yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. but maybe it doesn't add up like that. Yeah, and I think the AHA one is such a good point. Um, and it's also just like... And I think people also forget just how difficult it is to have these actives penetrate and they don't realize that a lot of studies that um, use actives, they really are using it twice a day, every day for eight weeks, 12 weeks. So that's why um, we, you know, I, I think she highlighted very well is like not only is concentration important, but diligence, rep- repetition, you know, that all matters. Um, but yeah, great question. Great question. Um, and this was actually a YouTube question that we got. Um, uh, someone asked us to just briefly talk about uh, HPR, gran-active retinoid. Um, that's the hydroxypenicolate retinoid um, ingredient. And we had kind of talked about uh, retinoids in general. Um, this is a new kid on the block, um, so they just want to know uh, where does it stand in this whole retinoid world. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, is, it is a molecule created by a supplier called Grant Industries. Mm-hmm. They've, done, uh, they've done some studies around this molecule to validate that. I mean, for any derivative, the goal is to always make it A, more stable, and B, less irritating yes. while retaining the same efficacy. Yes. Um, I think the last time I tried to look at an update on this molecule was about half a year ago Mm -hmm. or so. I haven't seen a lot of super new data on it. The studies out there are still pretty small or it lies with grant industry alone. Um, So we kind of give it the Bakugio treatment, which is cool. If you want to try it, it doesn't hurt. And the good thing is thanks to brands like The Ordinary, you typically know what concentration you're getting. Yeah. But if you're already on Tretinoin and it works for you, or ren- using Retinol, using Retinol, and they work fine, there's no reason to switch to HPR. Exactly. This is definitely more for uh, an option for people who've struggled with some of the more classic retin- retinoids. Um, and for us, um, I think the issue also is concentration's a little confusing yes. around this active. Um, just, you know, we always we always like to start with start low and slow you know um just so you understand how your skin reacts to it and then if you really are curious to try um there's always uh nowadays you see 
HPR, this grand active retinoid, um, being used um, in blends, in anti-aging blends. So any sort of clinicals, any sort of second in insurance policy ingredients, those are all helpful. So anyways, hopefully that sheds some light on why we don't really talk about this active. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, think of it as a back of keel. Yep. All right. I think we're done. We finished. This was a loopy episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, um, definitely look for a update on um, dry skin and, you know, a routine guide um, to follow this podcast episode. Um, up next, we actually do know what's coming up next. Uh, we are going to talk about eye creams. Eye creams. There's a reason why. Actually, we get... We get so many questions about eye creams. Yeah. I almost feel like at this point, there's like 30 people that's probably like, okay, finally. Because <laughs> a lot of times we're going to say it like that. Why? Why? Because a lot of times we're so like, much anger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to get into the nitty gritty details of eye creams. Um, and yeah, uh, where can they find us, Gloria? You can go to our website <laughs> at chemistconfessions.com. Um, you can find us on Instagram at chemist.confessions. You can write to us. We get back to you. It might be a few days, but we will get back to you. Yeah, uh, write to us at info at chemistconfessions.com. Otherwise, we will see you next time. Thank you.